20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Podcast, the Pack a Day podcast for all your daily news, analysis, and breakdown of your beloved green and gold. Uh, once again, my name is Matt Fralick. Alongside me again is Janelle Mackey. Janelle, without the knee brace, traded the knee brace, decided she's going to give it to her boy Aaron Rodgers. And um, it's a little bit bulkier on him than it. And then it looked on you, Janelle, was like slimming on you. I don't know if it's the same one or I not. I mean, mine was too big on me, so I'm sure it's perfect size for him. Maybe he's got smaller knees. I'm not sure. It looks kind of goofy on him. but I don't know. Whatever he needs, you know. Uh, he probably modified it, like, thousands of dollars worth of modifications. They said, I actually talked about that on the radio today, or like, I guess I heard it on the radio. They said they went through, like, probably like half a dozen different ones to figure out which was the right one. I think that's like kind of what Saturday was when he decided to practice and finally play, or you know when he finally got into a practice to decide that he was going to be able to play. Uh, it must have been the the go to one. And again, the na- the nickname on it, I was telling you, it's like the blue something or other. I should have looked it up before we started recording, but there was some name around it. I was really hoping it was going to be like the Purple People Eater or some sort of goofy mm. name behind that, but uh, you know whatever. Rogers, we know like you like you know he likes to troll. Yeah, so that game itself is kind of a troll. Yeah, if we're being honest, absolutely. Ending in a tie, absolutely. Uh, victory Mondays are great. Going into uh, a week on a Monday with a loss stinks. It's terrible. It's, it's like la- you, literally like a six day hangover. What do you do on a Monday when it's a tie? I think you take the day off on Monday. You start early in the morning. With um, some Bloody Marys, and then you just wake up Tuesday, and it's a Tie Tuesday. Tie Tuesday. That's what you do. So welcome to Tie Tuesday. Well, it is technically Tie Tuesday. It is Tie Tuesday, as you're listening to this. So, uh, like Janelle said, Packers tie the Minnesota Vikings in Lambeau, 29-29. A lot of takeaways from the game, Janelle. Uh, A lot of highs, a lot of low lows. Uh, Initially, you know, it's the special teams getting a huge block by Geronimo Allison. Uh, You have... You know, Josh Jackson recovering in the end zone for a touchdown, and boom, Packers are off to start. It's a beautiful Sunday in Lambeau. Uh, unseasonably warm, which was okay. And it just seemed like the momentum was going to flow the rest of the game. And it did until there was miscues from, I guess, penalties. There's miscues uh, time management-wise. There's some rust, it still looks like, with the offense and Aaron Rodgers. It's it's sad to see that that was the beginning of the game that started with a special teams touchdown and you would think you win a game when you get a special teams touchdown like you think that's just like a guarantee you kick five field goals mason crosby's a leading scorer of the game for the packers but yeah that's just not enough yeah uh i guess starting off on such a hot note uh geronimo allison out of all people very surprising for me he gets the block punt and jackson catches it Basically in the end zone. Yeah, didn't have to do much, didn't have to work yeah, hard. Yeah, which I was honestly surprised. I didn't realize how 
far back they were. Yeah. So I didn't even realize it was a touchdown at first until I looked and I was like, wait a minute. When did I miss a touchdown? I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, punted inside their own 10. Uh, Ron Zook just dialed it up. He's like, you know what? We're going to take a gamble here. Brought in the gun from the edge. Drano makes a great play. Like Perfectly we ta- executed. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't run into the punter. Um, we've seen that time and time again where a guy just blows up the punter. And it's like, well, you got there too early. But he extends beautifully in a slow motion. You can see that he just tips it right off the end of his foot. And, it's and just, Jackson's right where he needs to be too to finish it out. You so. couldn't draw it up better than that. And that was definitely the high point of the game, uh, at least to start. The low points, I would say, were some defensive miscues. We have some guys lining up with receivers they probably shouldn't be, that being Devon House. You have the, I guess, phantom flag football sack by Mike Daniels. Not really sure if he thought the ball was out of his hand. Some two-hand touch going on there. <laughs> yeah, if he's end up, you know getting a completion on that play. You have Clay Matthews extending another game on a fourth down. That literally would seal the game out. Um, So I guess do you want to start with the highs or the lows? Well, there's just so many lows, I feel like. There's not really – I mean, there's there's highs, definitely. I mean, you have Marcos Valdez-Scandin getting his first catch. You have Randall Cobb, Geronimo coming to his own, doing well. Jimmy Graham had a great game. Yeah, unfortunately, they had to take his touchdown back because of a weak holding call, which – I felt really bad for him. He finally gets his Lambo leap in regular yeah. season, and it gets taken away. It does. Uh, so it's almost like like a fake Lambo leap at that point. It's, it's a pump fake, yeah. Kind of like Stefan Diggs trying to do a Lambo leap, which yeah, I, I that don't takes know. that takes some. There's like, a lot of teams who try that, and it 99 percent of the time fails. And if work. you're gonna do it, try and jump into your own. Fans. Look for the right color. Yeah. Not going to work otherwise. Uh, the run game, I thought, looked good. Uh, you, know, you had Jamal Williams working. Ty Montgomery looks really, really good in the backfield. Williams was actually blocking Anthony Barr for a little bit, too. That, I've seen that video on Twitter. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that's great pass. Like, that's just great pass protection. That's how you're supposed to draw it up. I noticed a couple of plays Dalvin Cook was not doing the same for his quarterback, but... You know, the run game looks good. Uh, we talked Janelle Balaga and Bakhtiari struggled on the edges. It yeah, Balaga like... was really disappointing to me. It's something I noticed after, I think he maybe two or three plays in a row where his man's just getting through. And not only are you protecting Aaron Rodgers, you're protecting an injured Aaron Rodgers. Right. So you need to work even harder to make sure that out of all teams, the Vikings do not reach him. Exactly. And they, they did too much. For sure. And going into the game, you know, I thought everyone was asking about the game during the week, people I work with, friends, my dad. And I'm like, you know, I think the thing is it's just going to be if they can keep Aaron Rodgers upright. I mean, 100% Rodgers with no goofy knee brace on is going to struggle against them. And now he's sitting back there like a wounded duck and trying to move around, just like you said, like you're trying to protect, you know, him, you're trying to protect Aaron Rodgers if you're Bulaga or Bakhtiari, the rest of the line. And normally he's able to move and you know avoid pressure and yeah, move up in a pocket, don't roll have to out. Hold the block is long, yeah, because he's become a lot more mobile. And that, in these last, and few you have seasons. to do this now when he's he's injured and going up one of the best you know defenses in this game. So I would say those are the highs for me on the offensive standpoint. Defensively, uh, we got some awesome young corners. I mean, these guys are going to be so much fun to watch and watch them just get better. I mean, this is only the second game. Yeah. Alex- sometimes you forget that it's only the second game because 
they came ready to play. Absolutely. I mean... Alexander and Jackson are really impressing me. The only thing that really disappointed me um, defensively was the fact that there was mismatches and a lot of passive playing. I think yes. once they... Maybe this is because they're a little bit younger, but maybe in the next couple of weeks I really hope to see them applying more pressure. I do not like playing passive. I don't like allowing five yards between yourself and the receiver because it allows them to get those easy first downs. You yep. shouldn't allow the first down and then make the tackle. You should be in position to prevent them from making that pass in the first place. And it's like if your first step, too, is also if you're giving them a five, seven-yard cushion, your first step is actually, like, backing up. Like, that doesn't help. Like, if your first step is, like, you know, to take a step in, read what the receiver's doing, that's one thing. But, you know, I think I think it's a little bit of the scheme that Petten's trying to figure out where these guys fit. And also, this is the type of deep, the base defense they're running. They're trying to run the cover three where guys sit back in their zone, and then you have the you know the outside linebackers leaking out, or the nickel corner, or a safety coming up in the box, you know, to be able to cover the flats. Struggled with that against Kyle Rudolph on Sunday. Uh, struggled covering Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. Cousins ends up throwing for over 400 yards. You know, some of that does come in uh, overtime. It's a little skewed there with 70 minutes of play, but. Yeah, that's another thing. The mismatches on Diggs especially yeah. because Diggs is. He's younger, and he is very fast. Oh, yeah. So when I see somebody like Devon House covering him or Tremont Williams, who on the two-point conversion, he beat Williams before the ball is even snapped. Yeah, it was over. I, mean, I think you really need to focus, and I really hope that's just miscommunication and not purposeful planning. No, I mean... Because you, you can't have our older veterans who have definitely lost a step you can't have them on somebody who is basically like in the prime of his career. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It beats you, right? And I, it goes maybe like you said, it, they're young, uh, and these these corners and Jackson and Alexander and even Kevin King, who maybe that's the reason that Devon House is lined up on the outside with with um, Stefan Diggs on that deep ball. But it is only the second week of the season. Maybe we'll see these corners start shadowing receivers like a Stefan Diggs like a Golden Tate, um, like an Allen Robinson, you know, the guys you're going to see very often. I don't think they've shown enough to be able to do that yet, but clearly, I mean, they're on their way to being stars for this team and filling a position of need for uh, the Packers on the defensive end that they've lacked for years. I mean, to have con- some consistent corner play, uh, you know, to jump to conclusion- conclusions yet, this is very early on, but... All, all signs would point to Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson to be stars for this Packers team. I think it's safe to say Jackson and Alexander over Randall and Rollins. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> 100%. Unfortunately, outside linebackers still haven't really been great for me. I said two weeks ago on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, you're really frustrated with those I outside am. linebackers. I just, like, Clay Matthews in that Bears game, I was just like, I brought that bad, just... I mean, I've I've been carrying baggage of Clay Matthews for for months. It's like it's like an ex girlfriend. Like I just can't get can't shake it. Like I carry it from season to season. I just think of these plays where he's over pursuing on an edge, watching Mitch Trubisky pull the ball out. And he's still going to crash down on the the running back and let him run around him. Like he Clay lacks any 
he lacks any rules when it comes to being an outside linebacker in a 3-4. He plays... He, his athleticism and speed used to make up for bad technique and bad form and, you know, mishandling a read. He can't do that anymore. And I know I'm not the first person to talk about this in the last couple of weeks, but you just... You just when see, you're, like, the lowest rated after week one... I mean, that, that tells you something, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, Matthews, yes, he made... A really ignorant play on a fourth down. Against the Bears. Against the Bears. Yep. And I thought that he came into the Vikings game, learned from his mistakes. There was probably at least like 15 roughing the passer calls in week one with this new rule that's implemented. And I thought against the Vikings he came in, kind of learned from his mistakes, learned from the league's mistakes, and made a clean hit on Cousins that resulted in an interception. And I know we're not the first people to talk about this, obviously, and it'll probably be talked about at least till these upcoming games. But I thought it was a clean hit. He made sure that his arm was on the ground extended so he didn't put his weight on Cousins, and he gets flagged for it. So two two weeks, two completely different hits, yep. same call. It's same scenario. Fourth yeah, down to, fourth to, down to, to that end the could, game. could really change the game. And, and I don't know. Maybe the league's just out for Matthews after that week one hit. Maybe they're keeping an he eye. He might on be him. on the radar. I don't think that's a but, that's a that's a stretch. I don't think that's a stretch at all. But to I think if you would show like if referees are going through a class, right? And they're like, all right, ten. We're going to show you ten ten videos of uh, of hits for is this roughing the passer? Is this um, driving him into the ground? Or is this it is late putting hit, late like, hit, and they would show this and they'd be like, ah, yeah, that that looked clean. That Clay Matthews week two like hit, a normal like, form tackle, doesn't seem anything crazy to me. So I think a lot of what we're seeing in the first two weeks is some rust. We're seeing some rust with the offense. Uh, we're seeing some rust, you know, defensively figuring out, you know, was Devon House really supposed to be on the top of Stephon Diggs, and was Kentrell Bryce really supposed to be maybe shadowing him more over the top on the right side of the field, you know. You do see some rust from the refs too. You know, yeah, there's a lot of new refs sides, in this league. This was a really rough refing game. People forget there's like a ton of there was like four or five veteran referees that retired at the end of the year. Like notable guys, uh, Ed Hockley, one of them, Guns. But like you have new guys coming to the league and you have new rules. And it's like in the preseason, these referees are told to hey emphasize on uh, leading with the crown of the helmet. Well, I could. Janelle, I could have probably filled up a notebook with how many tallies I saw of in ten and a half hours of football on Sunday. How many times I saw with a player using his helmet to initiate contact? Like it's just so now we're not going to call those anymore. We're just going to go back to just protecting the the quarterback. It's it's a weird thing for them, like to, for the NFL or the, the league, the officiating committee, to be like, hey, emphasize this in the first four preseason games, and clearly everyone was upset about it, like fans. And now it's like, okay, we're not going to really do that anymore. It was just a point of emphasis in the preseason. So now we're going to go back to just making sure that, you know, the stars, the guys that are getting paid $40 million a year are protected. It's just, it's frustrating. And you see the, the inconsistency. You brought it up earlier, Janelle. Like, when when did guys stop actually just playing football? And then when do they actually have to, like, well, I have to think. I have to use my brain before I can even make a play. Like, yeah, I think that's what the, you're kind of seeing. The overthinking is really messing with the defense. We saw it with Mike Daniels, who uh, lets up on a play because he thinks that Cousins has thrown the ball, and he doesn't finish off the tackle, 
and it was really odd to watch. It was super awkward. It was very awkward. And you know that Mike Daniels would never do that had he known that Cousins still had the ball. So I think these rules are definitely getting to the players' heads. We even saw it with Bryce on the Thielen touchdown. Absolutely. He lets up because he doesn't want to make a hit that's going to get a flag thrown. Like At this point, it seems like players are more focused on making a play that won't draw a flag instead of actually finishing the play itself. Sure. No, I think that's there's something to be said about that. And now, like, what what is Matthews going to do? He can't tackle anybody right, apparently. And McCarthy even came out and said that Matthews was just tackling how he was taught to tackle. So I it's going to be really frustrating. I mean, we saw this on both sides, too. Yeah, that, it wasn't like this game was officiated poorly towards... Green Bay or just Minnesota. I mean, you said, like you said, Eric Kendricks gets a penalty and Rodgers. Uh, Very said, obviously, Allison was down. And we got Zimmer like a five-yard game and turned flag, into a 15. But... It just, again, Russ, uh, referees, both teams offensively, clearly special teams for the Vikings. Um, Carlson didn't make it out of lunch for the Vikings today. Dan Bailey was in on the first flight and maybe ran into Laquan Treadwell. Uh, in the Minneapolis airport late tonight. We're not really sure yet, but all we know is that it's early. It's really, really tough to, to come out of a game with all that blood, sweat, and tears, and you play an extra 10 minutes in overtime, and there's just, you walk out with a tie. It, a divisional tie. A divisional to tie. To make it worse. And now the Packers have to go to Minnesota to, I guess, beat them for the year. You have to go beat them in their house, which mm-hmm. is tough to do. I mean, it's tough to go to Maybe U.S. Maybe they'll just tie again. <laughs> that would, I'd be okay then. Just a split with them on just two split. ties. That would be crazy. I don't even know how... I wonder if that's ever happened to two teams have tied in the division. That's, Might as well just make some history, I guess, that'd with be this nuts. year. So, it's early on. There's a lot... Janelle and I were talking, it's like... Yeah, if, if the season ended right now, Fitzpatrick and uh, Patrick Mahomes are you know in the MVP race, but that's not the case. I mean, I think it's safe to say that er, most often early in the year for the Packers, there's always some kinks to get out. Like Rodgers has told I mean, us to time and time fair, again to relax, like yeah. just just relax. Rogers Things are going to work really itself didn't out. Play last season and now he's hurt again, so it's okay to say that he's probably a little bit rusty. Yeah, I think... And now he's banged up already, and he's got new targets like Jimmy Graham, who I hope he really starts connecting more and more with. I think he's starting to get into the rhythm with him, slowly going to start using him more. These next two games, Redskins and Bills, are going to be hopefully games that he can really start to get Graham involved with this offense. But uh, Adams, obviously, is a top receiver in this yep. league right now. Yep. Cobb is stepping up, which I'm really happy to see because I was nervous about that. Allison is stepping up. So it's rusty, but the talent is there. They just have to get into the rhythm. I agree. And they're getting a resurgence with um, Aaron Jones of that offense. Aaron Jones on Twitter, I saw a picture, just looks like, dude, just big. Like It looks like he's just been lifting like crazy. Yeah, he's probably... Stoked to get back out on that field. He, I hope he comes hungry. I think I think he will because he's got two guys in front of him right now that are trying to take his job. And you add him to the backfield, like it's the Packers usually don't start running the ball till November, December when it's cold. But we might see a different type of Packers when they have three capable running backs and the way that offensive line was blocking uh, on Sunday. Do you know we have uh, Redskins coming up this week. 
Obviously, all of our Pack-A-Day podcast contributors and teammates will be giving you their insight on them. What do we know about the Redskins so far? They lose to the Colts on Sunday, beat the Cardinals uh, week one. Clearly, after two weeks, we know that the Cardinals aren't as good. The Colts are better than what we expected. What, what, are, we, what are we looking for for the Redskins? Uh, with the Redskins, uh, Alex Smith, I think he's, he's a great quarterback. Yeah, uh, high efficiency. I don't think he has the tools around him to outplay the Packers offense. No, no and they, they just went out and got uh, Rashard Perriman, who many of you may or may not know was on the Ravens. Just athletic freak, super fast. Never could put it together offense, or never could put a full season together, just always banged up. And they also got Michael Floyd, uh, former Viking, former Patriot, journeyman in the league, Cardinal. Uh, <clears throat> clearly they thought they needed some other weapons on offense. Yeah, and I... Losing to the Colts, it wasn't a very close game. And, I mean, the Redskins, they beat the Cardinals week one, correct? Yeah. The Cardinals are not a very good team. They got shut out by the Rams in week two. So, I think the Redskins are not the toughest team. I really hope that the the Packers can really just get a good lead on them and not have one of these close games because I think as fans, we just can't handle it. We can't no. handle week one comeback against the Bears. We can't handle the tie against the Vikings. It's just, it's been an emotionally draining couple weeks of football and we all want to break from that. Yeah. We just want some, we just want to pound it into the ground. For and sure. And it's only September. I mean, we got, we got 14 more games to go, 15 more weeks of football. Like, I just hope that a little break from Lambeau, you know, it's raining right now as we record, just flush everything out of there, get all, I mean, there's a lot of emotion, blood, sweat, and tears, like, going on in that, the last two games there. It's just crazy. There's just a lot of, I mean, I feel like you pack all that just anxiety and emotion into two games. It's like, that should be stretched over, like, eight weeks. I can't, can't deal with it, so. Yeah, starting two, like, exhausting divisional games, and they just, I think everybody needs a break from what's been going on. They just need some really aggressive offense, and I really hope that the defense can start to get in a rhythm too because, like I said, I, I don't the like the defense is very close. No, defense is close. Uh, playing the Redskins will be, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know if Kirk Cousins or more. Obviously, they just, we just played him last week, and uh, Jay Gruden's always, him and Alex Smith have been okay to start the year. Um, high percentage throws is what you're always going to get from Alex Smith. That defense, I know they've been banged up. That whole team's been banged up this year. So uh, I think they might have lost an offensive lineman on Sunday too, one of their top guys. So you'll get more uh, analysis throughout the week from uh, the rest of the contributors, like I said, with the Pack-A-Day podcast for the Redskins game. The Packers will go on the road to Washington, D.C. Then they come back to play the Bills in week four. Uh, you said a, a break, Janelle. I think that's fair to say that might be a break. Uh, and early on in the season, I think it's very safe to say also that the Buffalo Bills might be the worst team. So that might be a f- uh, that might be a for sure victory Monday yeah, for us. Packers get to play them at home, so it's hard to beat the Packers at home with the Bills Mafia coming to tailgate. Yeah, like that's going to be sick. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's a little scary. But... Hide your kids, hide your wives, and hide your tables. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, so. I just, these last couple weeks, they're so exhausting, and I'm from Minnesota, so somehow even with a tie, they're still, like, 
trash talk. Which always I, banter. Yeah, always exactly. Banter. There's always that tension. Normally, I get a, te- a text message from like I have a, some family members that live out that way, and like didn't get anything from my cousins, like my aunt, like I didn't get anything. So yeah, I don't know. It was good. Yeah, it's just a weird game. Like, I don't think anyone's really some understood of the people it. I talk to. It's like they're like, I'm not like I'm mad, but I'm not mad. Like nobody really knows how to feel after a tie and. My roommate showed me the perfect tweet to try and explain it. Okay. So, Stephen Hyden, I'll give him uh, credit for this. He tweets, the Packers were robbed and the Vikings drove the getaway car into a tree. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, out on 29, driving home, who, who like, was it, was it Carlson or was it Laquan Treadwell driving? That's really all that... I think one was driving and one was navigating... That would make sense. I mean, to be fair, Carlson was probably driving and went far wide right, right, far right into the tree. Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's a fair assumption, but so once again, uh, this is the Pack a Day podcast, the best spot for all your Packers, Green Bay Packers news and updates. Uh, I am Matt Freilich. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F R A underscore. Janelle, sounds like you have a blog you started and your Twitter. Where, where can the, all the people listening connect with you? Yeah, so my personal Twitter you can find at Big Mac underscore four. And my Packers blog is at Pack Chat Blog. Or you can find it on uh, packchatblog.wordpress.com. And it's basically just kind of like my personal analysis on things. Sure. My last uh, article that I posted is about the Packers-Bears game, which I was at, which was really exciting, so you can get my intake on that, but... Absolutely. Yeah, this is... It, because it wasn't an exhausting two weeks of football already, this is our third time trying to record this podcast. Yeah, we're just gonna... So... We're gonna lay it out there. We've our been, podcast went into overtime on top of... Double overtime. Yeah. Definitely, 80 minutes worth, so I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, I'm sure we're not the only people that have technical difficulties when we're recording, so shout out to all of our teammates for battling through and honestly this is the 55th episode we haven't missed a day in 55 days so uh hats off to everyone that's been recording um i know it's a struggle we've we go back and forth all the time people who have weddings people are out of town people are sharing hotel rooms with multiple people when they're at funerals or you know but it just it's it's crazy and everyone's been able to stick to the schedule and andy herman is like i feel like andy herman's like a a teacher of like a preschool but there's like 40 preschoolers that he's the only teacher there's not like seven teachers in there so uh andy's andy's great to i guess give us this opportunity to be able to corral us but janelle they can find the podcast on itunes spotify google play soundcloud stitcher whatever that is i don't know why you'd even need it at this point um i was telling my grandma about it the other day but she does a flip phone so i couldn't get her on the podcast so if your grandma is cool enough to have help a, your grandma find it help your grandma find computer. it honestly yeah get your grandma the computer if your grandma's got a computer or like i would assume most grandmas have an i an iphone no they wouldn't have and an if iPhone, they don't too. go hang out with your grandma and, and play it with podcast. grandma exactly exactly uh janelle any last words go pack go
Wilson. The field goal problems for the Vikings have become legendary in recent seasons. He misses again in overtime. And this game ends tied at 29.